0: Love Talk Radio
1: Warning You have entered the realms of the gods So give us your mind and your full attention So you say you deal with esoteric information? I never heard of such Well
0: you're in for a treat Block Talk. Law talk. This is a Block Talk. I lean L Bay, drop the juice every day. Block Talk. Block Talk. This is a Block Talk. Metaphysical. We deal with the spiritual. Block Talk. Block Talk. This is a Block
1: Talk. I lean L Bay, drop the juice every day. Block Talk. Block Talk. This is a Block Talk. Metaphysical. We deal with the spiritual. So, you claim to be a god? Damn right I'm a god. The maker. The owner. Cream of the planet. Earth. Father of civilization. God of the universe. Wow, I didn't know that. 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 that. so tune in or lose, friend. All strategies apply mathematically. The information he drop is real powerful. So get your notepad. It's more than an hour full. Watch your jaw. The crew with and talk. it to the land, wherever we stand. First world order. We bring it at home in the first quarter. Invisible lines don't apply with cross borders. Silly rabbit. Knowledge for gods. No matter where you resign. Lodge, temple, of mods. So don't fret or proceed with hesitation. Just tune in to blog Talk to get the information. Peace. Washington East. is Brother Fahim El Day. I'll be your host for tonight on the First World Order Talk. A, I mean, I'm sorry, on the First World Order Show, radio show. And uh, tonight would be the history. Our topic tonight would be the history of the Americas and the indigenous people of these Americas, and also about nationality as well why, why again why we should have a nationality as i spoke uh on that two weeks ago, and uh dealing with other st- things that you, you need to do after your nationality uh to operate or to be able to operate in commerce as well if you want to be able to build, if you want to uh serious about building a nation yes uh dr Aileen l Bay is on the road to, uh tonight. I'm filling in for him tonight, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope everything is well with you and yours, and uh hope everybody's doing okay. Everything is going uh, pretty good with everybody and their families. So I'm going to get on with the show. Um, as I spoke before about two weeks ago, oh, oh and I apologize for our absence of the la- last uh, Wednesday of the blog talk show we had a little bit of a confusion about uh whether I was gonna do the show or not and plus I got home about an hour late so we didn't have the show last week so I apologize for that and uh but we got it together now so I hope everybody uh give me their uh most divided attention and and uh enjoy the show. Okay, I'm gonna start reading uh from the book Don Voyage, uh, the so called Black African Discovery of America by an introduction by Dr. John Henry Clark. Pretty good book. Uh, I I advise for a lot of uh, a lot of you sisters and brothers to uh to have this book also for as your part of a part of your library. Uh the name of the book is called Don Voyage. The Black African Discovery of America by Michael Bradley. He's a European author, but he's a European author that's usually be sincere in the history of indigenous people around the world. Like I said again, the title of the book is Don Voyage, Voyage, and the Black the, the Black African Discovery of America. I'm gonna read a few uh pages on the introduction by John Henry Clark, peace be upon him. And I'll start right here. Uh says here in his book Don Voyage, The Black African Discovery of America, Michael Bradley has put some of these fantasies to rest by pointing to little known doc documents. Generally neglected by most members of the academic community. Michael Bradley, like Professor Ivan Van Sertima and others who preceded them in this field, has started the case in favor of pre Columbian presence in the New World, like a defense attorney pres- presenting a e- evidence to a reluctant jury. At a time when a new curriculum approach is to being demanded for the study of non European people in general and African people in particular, the contents of Michael Bradley's book and his supporting documents could never be more timely. In the preface to his book, Michael Bradley makes the following statement. Several people who read the Black Discovery of America in manuscript form commented that all it that it all seems obvious after the evidence for an early West African presence in the New World is presented. Invariably, even experts in African history have been led to comment, comment along the lines of why wasn't this book written 20 years ago? Also, sooner or later, people have asked me how it was that I came upon this so obvious idea, researched the evidence, and wrote this book. Good question. And it says, like, uh, presented this to a reluctant jury, and it is a uh, reluctant big jury, you know, uh, really, surprisingly, reluctantly among our own people that uh been so socially engineered and been so brainwashed and mind-controlled that uh, they believe what these Europeans have told them of themselves and of their ancestors, that they have little or nothing to do with discovering anything you know, that we were always uh, the second-class, so-called second-class people. They're the ones that are second-class, not us, if it's anybody, okay? says there, in most cases, in order to examine and understand any portion of Africa, there is a need to take a holistic view of the entire continent in order to understand the interrelationships of various African people and countries to each other. Like Professor Ivan Van Sertima, Michael Bradley Go- Goes Beyond, presenting information about the pre-Columbian presence of Africans in the so-called New World. In his book, he gives the reader some information about Africans in the lands beyond their respective countries. I'm going right here. As you know, uh, I'm reading this book, and I'm talking uh, to the audience out there. And those who are listening... Excuse me. And those who are listening, I'd like to uh, inform you as well that uh, we as Americans or our Aboriginal, indigenous and this people to this land, uh, we've been here in the Americas long before not only the first European that set foot on this soil, but also the first African that put their feet on this soil as well, believe it or not. Like I said, I say it again, we all we were always here, you know, you know, um, we came from nowhere, we were always here. That was before the great uh drift or the break off of continents, as we don't have the Americas and Africas now, which used to be Pangaea if you want, want- more information on this subject, you uh get on YouTube and google uh the watch the Washita nation or history of the Washita right, The of the uh Empire. Very interesting subject. Says here, <clears throat> one reason why we do not know as much as we should, should know about Africa is given by private Aunt, uh, Ivan Van Sertima. He says that African history has been locked into a 500-year room. A... Scholarly look at the role that African people have played before and after slavery might well be the key that will open the figurative 500-year room so that African history can become an accepted part of world history. Uh, Again, uh, uh, America was also locked up in a 500-year room about the Americans, you know, about the, aborig- the American Aboriginal people, which is us, you know, have been locked up in a 500-year room. But this book, uh, mind you, has been uh, written in 1992. You know, but there's a lot of discoveries uh, have been made since then. You know, that we were the first American, uh, that we were the first uh, people, period, that inhabited this land. You know, uh, a lot of I hear a lot of uh, so-called scholars talking about uh, when the Moors came and uh, inhabited some of the lands and mixed with us. You know, uh, this is some some more nonsense. This is some more people, more people that have not done their homework like they should have. They haven't done their research like they should have. We are all Moors. We are all tied to the land. We are more here in America that is tied to the land of the Americas, or the Alamoroks. So, you know, let me continue on. J.A. Rogers and Carter G. Woodson made able contributions to this field a generation before the appearance of Ivan Van Sertima's work. They came before Columbus, the African presence in ancient America. The early contributors got none of the attention they deserved not even from their own people, what did I just told you earlier, not even from our own people. You know, a lot of us think that, uh, surprisingly, uh, think that, you know, uh, it's a bunch of hogwash. You know, uh, our people couldn't have possibly been here before anybody else. We came from Africa because everybody's still following for this where, we, where we, we we all were on, our, our ancestors was all on slave ships that came from Africa to the new, so-called new world. The world wasn't new. The world is ancient as everywhere else around the world. It is ancient. But what they the so-called new world. So sometimes when I be reading through passages of the books and stuff like that, and I say the so-called new world, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm going to read this again. These early contributors got none of the attention they deserved, not even from their own people. Now, what different, what different writers of different ethnic persuasion are writing well about the pre-Columbian appearance of Africans in the New World, or so-called New World? Maybe now the subject will get the attention it has long deserved. Africans may well be in the most dispersed of all worlds People. there are a few places in the world where you cannot find evidence of the African presence or the African past the most important thing to be noted that there, that here is that in African's relationship with many people in many lands we find little or no evidence of indicating that the Africans invaded countries against the will of its original inhabitants. or wantonly destroy civilizations they wanted to rule and did not understand. No, they did not. Okay, in the statements above, I meant to briefly comment on to briefly comment on significance of the African and pre-Columbian America and the aftermath, in order to let it be known that the Africans were not brought to America culturally empty-handed, in spite of their disadvantage and in indentured servitude and in chattel slavery, they did establish a revolutionary heritage that is still re- reverber- <coughs> reverberating to this de- to this very day. There are implications of in Michael Bradley's book down voyage voyage, the black African discovery of America that go far beyond the book and it, and it does it really does because uh, we had kingdoms here already before the first African Atl- uh, land uh, uh, set its foot on these shores uh, we had laws, structured laws we had structure, we had order which is uh, uh, where the Constitution of the United States come from. Now it's a contract between ourselves and the European government in order for them to do commerce in the Americas or in North America, I should say. Okay. While this article deals mainly with the second impact of Africans on the Western Hemisphere, it is important that we look, at least briefly, at their first impact in the light of the old and the new evidence. The former investigation to this subject was started in 1920 with the publication of Professor Leo Weiner's massive three-volume work, Africa and the Discovery of America. In the first volume of this work, Professor Weiner shows that American archaeology on both the africans and the indians is built on sand and suppositions and the chronology of culture development for both of these people is totally out of out, out or order he also shows that the africans have had a greater great, had a greater influence on american civilization that has heretofore been suspected The second volume of this work is a study of African religions and their influence on the culture of this hemisphere. His documents tend to prove to an extraordinary extent that the Indian medicine man owes his his evolution to the African medicine man. Here we go again. Uh, The the so-called Indian medicine man and the African medicine man are both one and the same. Uh, They are both indigenous people. And what uh, a lot of the scholars uh, haven't really discovered yet, that the so-called Indian was us. The so-called Indian came thousands of years later and found us here then go habit and mix with us. That's why you see so many of us have what you call so-called uh, Native American features. And so on and so on, I know my great great grandmother uh East star has so-called Native American features. but we are the true Native Americans like I say, a lot of the science did come from Africa, I believe it did then uh i can i can, i I like to say too that a lot of the science and culture came. From us, from here, in the Western Hemisphere as well, exchanging each other's cultures and exchanging each other's sciences. That's how I understand it during my research. Okay, so let me move along here. In ex- in explaining the diaries of Christopher Columbus, Professor Weiner calls attention to the fact that Columbus found a dark-skinned people. In the Caribbean islands, trading with the Indians. Who were these dark-skinned people? Colombians. I mean, Columbus, infers that they were people from the coast of Guinea, which is West Africa, which is what they call uh, parts of Nigeria today. Africa discovered America long before the Europeans had any such dreams. In 1936, Carter G. Woodson published his book. The African background outline. This book had additional information on the pre Columbian presence of the Africans in what is called the New World, so called New World, or erroneous called New World. Dr. Woodson's observations are that several authorities during this time believed that Africans discovered America long before the Europeans had any such dreams, or long before the Europeans even exist on this planet. I can go further. Okay. For the Occident was all but in a state of savagery until awakened by the contact with the more enlightened Orient during the Crusades. The early European explorers on the asthmus of Darwin found their encased skulls, which were identified as African. Students of Ethnology observe also that the religion of North and South American Indians is very much like that of Africans. What did I tell you earlier? I'm going to read this over again. Students of Ethnology observe also that the religion of North and South American Indians is very much like that of the Africans. Professor Leo Weiner had previously made the same observation in the language of the Indians, moreover, are discovered certain words which appeared originally in the language of the Africans, such as canoe, tobacco, and bukra. These, however, must not be confused with African words like goober, yams, banjo, voodoo, which, are, uh, which were later brought from Africa to America. And by the way, goober means peanuts. Okay, in some of the uh, countries of Africa. Okay, let me move along. The cultural and the philological evidence to support the claim that Africans on the West Coast rose to such a high level of culture and maritime skill is more apparent with each new book on the subject. The matter is out of the realm of pure speculation. It can be said with a high degree of certainty that Africans braved the roaring waters of the high seas and established relationships with the Indians of the Americas well over 8,000 years ago. The growing body of literature on the pre-Columbian presence of Africans and what is called the New World will eventually lead to an examination of the cultures of the various non-African people that were already settled in the Western Hemisphere before Columbus and European explorations. Both of these people have been mistakenly called Indians. That's right. They've been mistakenly called Indians because the word well, actually the word Indian actually goes to the word indigo, which means a dark color or dark complexion. Same thing in the country what they call India, which is Hindustan. So the name of India is actually Hindustan. The people of Hindustanis. Actually, there is no real country called India, or people people real people called Indians, I mean named Indians, not just in an original sense, no. Those are named brands that were given to us and other people of the world by the Europeans like the Middle East. There's no such region in the world uh, called the Middle East. They call it that so they can disconnect a lot of the African people from from the land of Africa. Middle East is another social artificial construct. It doesn't exist. Actually, it's Northeast Africa. That's what it is. say it again. It's Northeast Africa, not Middle East. No such country or region. The cultural and philological—I'm okay, reading again. The cultural and philological evidence to support the claim that Africans on the west coast rose to such a high level of culture and maritime skill is more apparent with, with each new book on the subject. When you're dealing with maritime skill, you're dealing with people that have the craft or the skill um, of mooring. Moorings, M-O-O-R-I-N-G-S, Moors, because Moors, our ancestors were great navigators of the high seas, of the seven seas. Actually, there are thirty-two seas, uh, thirty-two seas of the world. But the major seven, what they always talk about, the seven seas. I was explained to me by Doctor Suraline Lutabagio Bay. Okay. The matter is out of the realm pure of speculation. It can be said with a high degree of certainty certainly, that Africans brave the roaring waters of the high seas and established relationships with the Indians of the Americas well over a thousand years ago. The growing body of literature in, on the pre Columbian presses up Africans and with us called the New World will eventually lead to an examination of the cultures of the various non-African people that were already settled in the Western Hemisphere before Columbus and European exploration. Most of these people have been mistakenly called Indians. They had many names and a large and diverse culture that was deliberately destroyed by Europeans who did not understand it. We have many cultures of different nation tribes. Many tribal nations, many, 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 many tribal nations of the North America, Central America, South America, and the adjoining islands. The United Washington D. Wamdiyamoo Nation Empire is the oldest. It's the oldest. We have a lot of its offsprings, like the Yamasi or Yamasi, Lenape. Akitiwa now called Cherokee and so on, so on so on so on. Okay. When we discard the myth of the European as spearheaders of civilization, we might also learn that the European destroyed more civilizations than he ever built. And this is very, very, very true. Some of these civilizations were old before Europe was born. If the Europeans had had the foresight and the humanity to form a partnership with these so-called Indian cultures, the history of the Western Hemisphere and the world would be different. If Michael Bradley's book, Don Voyage, The Black After Discovery of America, and other literature of this, of this nature had called for a reprisal of the Africans and the Indians of the New World. Then he was rendered a service to his generation and its generation still to come. By John Henry Clark, Professor Emeritus African World History, Department of African, Canada, and Puerto Rican Studies, Hunter College, New York City. Okay. This is dealing with uh, part of the indigenous history of our people and our ancestors. Because I feel like it's very important for us to know the history of our ancestors, to know who we are. You know, a lot of people uh, call themselves many things, but you know, I I, I, I can guarantee you this, I can guarantee you this. They wasn't calling themselves black. They wasn't calling themselves black. And like I said before, in previous uh, blog talk shows, First World Order shows, that we know black is an adjective and all this. Uh, I know those, those of you who are listening to this show tonight know better than that, so I'm not going to really go into that. But you know black, the B-L-A-C-K black, is Middle English. We know that goat, and, and its origin go back to Blake or Bledge or blecker, which means white, pale, or bleach. So you know, I'm not gonna stay on that. But you know, uh, I just uh, just decided to refresh some people's minds, or the uh, or those who have, have first heard this before that's listening to this show tonight. This is who this is. Uh, who this is? Uh, who uh, this is? Who I'm saying this to? This is who I'm talking to. Okay, all right. Okay, let me start right here. These expeditions must have assembled the miles of, I'm I'm sorry, I got to go back. Okay, I'll start right here. Uh, so, during these expeditions, must have assembled at the mouth at the mouth of either the Senegal or the Gambia rivers, possibly both, and understanding of this magnitude would not have been forgotten to the intervening years before the Portuguese arrived, for at the time in the time of Peristrello and the incipient slave tra- trade. The people of the Empire of Mali wrote their own history boasted cities as grand as many in Portugal and as squalid. Their emperor possessed wealth beyond the imagination, but not beyond the greed of the Portuguese themselves. And beyond doubt, the Mali geographers possessed a knowledge of the distribution of lands and waters upon the earth more accurate than that of any European mariner of that time for so it is written in the 10th chapter of the Ahmadiris Masali al-Absad and in the observation of Abu Fida twelve seventy three to 1332 okay it has been fashionable to believe that Columbus was ignorant of the fact that the land of 3,000 miles to the west was a new world, and he he may be, indeed have been so. But there's uh, distant opinions on that. Some say, and I'm on that opinion as well, some say that he already uh, wasn't ignorant of the fact That he he was heading for the Americas he knew where he was going because you have to remember after the fall of the Moorish Empire in Europe a lot of these European uh, adventurers want to know where were these Moors going they all wasn't going to North Africa a lot of them were going across the Atlantic Ocean and what was across that Atlantic Atlantic, uh, Ocean uh, what land or whatever where these Moors were heading. They wanted to know, they wanted to find out. As they say, inquiring minds wanted to know. I'm on that uh assumption, I'm on that uh I'm on that same page too. But some other sisters and brothers on that subject. Okay. I'm gonna read this again. It has been fashionable to believe that Columbus was ignorant of the fact that the land three thousand miles to the west was a new world and he may and he may indeed have been so. Perhaps we should not place too much confidence in Poe's assertion that Columbus cannot be credited, and the discovery of America is a geographical fact that he did not know of it and never conceived of it. To his dying day, he insisted that he had reached Asia. Similar judgment has been written by Elizabeth Miller. When he left Palos he was the foremost thinker of his day well when he landed in Whiteling's Island, he was a bewildered, ignorant man on the threshold of immense facts, and polled as a threshold that he never passed. perhaps, however, in the agreement signed by Columbus and the Spanish crown on April thirtieth fourteen ninety two Columbus was at, entitled to take possession of and to govern in his lifetime, any islands and mainlands he might discover before reaching Asia. The same maritime tradition that gave Columbus certainly of land west of Cape Verde, Verde well, uh, may also have been given him rumors that high cultures flourished there. And this is what I'm talking about. And this is what gave them, made them curious They want to know where these high cultures was at. What land? It was the the Maghrib Al-Aqsa, meaning Morocco extreme to the west, what they wanted to find out. That this land could hardly be the Indies mattered little to him. Where they were civilized people, there were riches and trade. And his agreement with the Spanish monarchs gave him trading rights in addition to governorship. His his, his insistence that he had reached the Indies when he had only discovered some tropical islands without high civilization was expedient and good business. He may have been perfectly well perfectly well that he was nowhere near the Indies, but he also knew that locating the developed People of this new land would take time and further voyages. Columbus had to assure continued Spanish commitment until the riches and trade of this new land could be acquired. Furthermore, as early as 1489, the Gama flagship, Seal Gabriel, had sailed the Indian Ocean and directly connected the Indies with Portugal. So Spain was desperate to cling to any possibility that might result in her gain. A foothold in the Indies I'm gonna start right here uh you hear a lot of people were saying that the Europeans always knew that the earth was round that's a lie that's a lie because dealing with different folk tales of ancient uh stories and tales and stuff like that uh that's where they got uh the idea of of hell. 'Cause they will see the sun rise and they see the sun in this high meridian and they see the sun sun set. That the sun was seen like it's uh, going below the earth. That was the end of the earth. So anything thing below the earth was uh, must have been very, 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 very hot. And that was considered hell. And that's where the concept of hell comes from. Our people always knew the earth was round there's not, nothing biased I'm saying against the Europeans or any other people or anything like that but because we were the first our people were the first teachers we taught them culture we taught them mathematics we taught them how to grow and plant when to when to grow and plant We taught them to, that because at uh, at one time they were a very 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 backward people part of our moral science and our masonry that we talk to them, which is moral science, or else they with a star to death, as Brother, uh, my dear friend, Abdullah El-Talib Mosebay once stated. Okay, let me move along here. We now know that Columbus did not discover America, that the Vikings certainly preceded him, and that just possibly Irish, Celtiberians, and Phoenicians, which are Moors, <clears throat> came before the Norse. Yet we are still confronted with the awesome fact that, that, that it was Columbus' that, 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 that and not earlier ones that changed the course of history. Clearly, Columbus had discovered something. But I'm here to tell you, sisters and brothers, uh, America was never discovered. It was never discovered. It was highly and culturally inhabited by our own ancestors. We had cities here. We had some of everything uh, you take, like, uh, believe it or not, the Atlantis in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, which sunk below le- le- below, and down to the Atlantic floor. We had Lemuria or Elmuria in the Pacific Ocean, which had sunk to the bottom or to the floor of the Pacific Ocean. These are our people. And the the Hawaiian the Islands, the Marshall Islands, Mariana Islands, the Solomon Islands. Hawaii, all these islands are remnants of El Moria, the lost continent, or the continent of Mu, land of Mu. The land of Mu, M U U, where the word and term Moor comes from. The word Moor is a very, very, very ancient word. Okay? As I said before in previous. Uh, uh, first World Order blog talk shows. I'm going to move along here. He was a gift to Spain and to all of Europe of a practical sailing route across the Atlantic in which the ships could find prevailing fair or following winds in each direction. Columbus was himself aware of his true achievement, knowing as he did that others had discovered the land seven hundred and fifty leagues westward of Cape Verde. Speaking of himself and on the second person as is the recipient of a divine vision, Columbus wrote of the barriers of the ocean sea and which were close with such mighty change chains. He gave thee the keys. This statement by Columbus is still something of a distortion, but it is a fairer assessment than our ethnocentric insistence over so many years that Columbus discovered America. Columbus can truly lay claim to the discovery of the key to half of the secrets of Atlantic navigation. True history insists that both knowledge of land to the west and knowledge of the equatorial currents and trade winds which could carry a ship to those shores was first gained by so-called black African sailors with moors, setting out to the west from the region of Cape Verde. Only 150 years before Columbus Voyage, Ibn Amir Hajib asked Emperor Khakan Musa of Mali about a navigation on the Atlantic and received this reply. The monarch who preceded me would not believe that it was impossible to, to discover the limits of the neighboring sea. He wished to know. He persisted in his plan. He caused he the, equip, the equipping of 200 ships and filled them with men and of an, another such number that were filled with gold, water, and food for two years. He said to the commanders, Do not return until you have reached the end of the ocean, or when you have exhausted your food and water. They went away, and their absence was long. None came back, and their absence continued. Then a single ship returned. We asked the the captain of their adventurers and their news. He replied, Sultan, we sailed for a long time, while until we met with what seemed to be a river, with a long current flowing in the open sea. My ship was last, the others sailed on, but as such of them came to that place, they did not come back, nor did they reappear, and I do not know what became of them. As for me, I turned where I was, and I did not enter the current. This doctrine of what can only be the trade-wind-driven equatorial current is preserved in Amaris, Marseille al Absad's Columbus. The bestseller may be stumbled onto this account that but a story of the same substance could have come to Portuguese marinas from slaves taken in anywhere in In the neighborhood of Cape Verde, in either case, Columbus would know that winds and currents existed, which would push ships westward. While in Iceland, he could surely have noticed the prevailing westerly winds and the warm westerly current of the Gulf Stream. He could then reasonably conclude that the Atlantic could be crossed in each direction. This was the key to the barrier of the Ocean Sea. There's no doubt that the so-called black Africans crossed the Atlantic to lands in the West, for how otherwise are we to explain the statues with Negroid features found in La Venta or by the representations of so-called black men in the murals of the Temple of Warriors at Chicken Itza or the presence of the tropical African bottle ground in the New World. How otherwise can we explain that in both Central America and in the eastern foothills of the of the Indies and found finds Negroid languages related to Mandinga, the language spoken by the people around Cape Verde? The question is asked. There is also no doubt that in spite of the contrary set off of the prevailing winds and currents, some few so-called black African mariners returned from the New World to Cape Verde. Otherwise, how could Kankin Musa, predecessor, be convinced that these were limits to the neighboring sea? How otherwise can we explain Columbus' conclusion that, that, that land lay 750 leagues westward of Cape Verde? A conclusion that it was not only correct but arrived at only after the, the Portuguese had reached the latitude and the people of Curte The evidence compels us to accept the idea that the success of Columbus' voyage owed much to the experience and acknowledged gain by so called black mariners of Mali. But if we accept that, then we must also be prepared to concede that the so-called black discovery of America was the first such discovery of people in the Old World from the East, for the statues of La Venta with Negroite features date from the very beginning of Omec culture, the foundation of Central American civilization. The so-called black discovery of America must have occurred at least 3,000 years ago, at the very time when the earliest Foundations of American civilizations were begun. The cultural contact by black Af- by so-called black Africans is significant because it may have inspired the fledging developments of higher culture in America. It is certain that later white gods in the degrees in the, in the of egypto Phoenicians, Carthaginians. All Moors, Celibarians, Moors, and possibly Irish and Norse also influenced American cultures. They are remembered in legends from Mexico to Peru. It is said that the numbers of these white gods were small, yet they brought civilization to the peoples of America. A handful of Mediterranean or Celtic Norse visitors could not have, found, could have founded empires with populations of millions from Mexico to Chile. The white gods came, and they brought civilized techniques, but it is equally certainly that only greater numbers of already highly cultured people could have adopted such techniques. There was culture in America before the white gods arrived. Evidence suggests that so-called black Africans had been present when this culture was first tenderly budding. Others, mostly the Amerindians themselves, contributed to the full flowering of a uniquely Amerindian culture. But the black, or the so-called black, uh, discovery of America was significant in the cultural development of the new, so-called new world. It is also held significant significance for the cultural development of the old world, for the so-called black discovery of land in the West around. 1000 B.C. was never entirely lost, though it passed certainly uh, through the traditions of many people. Columbus and the Portuguese in the years 1450 to 1492 A.D. had the same knowledge that, as the Carthaginian Moors and the Egyptian Moors of also 500 to 600 B.C. and possibly early, earlier as men of the Mediterranean crept out through the pillars of Hercules. And, uh, and out down to the west, to the African coast, they too would have come into contact with the mariners of Kurt Verde and have concluded concluded that there was land to the west. Egyptians and Phoenicians could have learned this about 600, 600 BC when ships at Neko II circum- circumnavigated Africa, handled the Carthaginians passed. In 530 BC, on his way to Mount Cameroon. This knowledge was passed from the Phoenicians, their Moors, and their colonists to their Celtiberian Moors, neighbors to Iberia. And when some of them, or some of these Celtiberians, migrated to Ireland and became Celts, they took this knowledge with them. The land to the west came to uh, be called. Lagala, the land between the sunset, and in myth and legend, it came to be known as a blessed Land, and plunged Europe into the Dark Ages. Knowledge of Rocheland was kept alive in Irish monasteries, escaping from the pain and, and sin of a collapsed world. So So Brendan and other so and other, early, other uh, Irish papers set sail and their boats of leather for the blessed land they knew lay to the west. They recent voyage of Tammy Severn and his crew and the Brendan showed that some of these seafaring priests would indeed have landed in the so-called New World. This is part of the... Uh, uh, the book, or like I said, the book of the voyage down, voyage of the Black Discovery of America by Michael Bradley. Okay, we? I want to remind you again that we have been in this land of, of these so-called, all these uh, Americas. I'm not gonna say so-called, but Americas. Well, America and Morocco and Amuruka and Amu, Amuru, all the one and the same. So. Uh, You have a lot of scholars. uh, I'll give you an example. I have a lot of our so-called scholars haven't done their homework and enough of their research on things. I was talking to one lady. uh, She said she's Moroccan. I said, oh, okay. You really know who you are. You know you're an American. You know you're the true American. She said, no, I'm Moroccan. I'm Moroccan. You know, I said, oh, okay, okay. But I knew, I was saying to myself, she don't know that a Moroccan and America are one and the same. It's just a sound shift in words. That's all. And I believe I touched on this on one lecture on the uh, our First World Order show a while back. It was dealing with the linguistics and phonetics and the sound of words. As I said it before, you know, uh, you're saying artist, and in Spanish you say artista, but you're saying the same thing. Just like a lot of our earlier tribal nations in America spoke different languages, and uh, we call certain things different. We pronounce them in a different way. You know, we may say, uh, it's like uh, a muruka. A M U R U K A. A lot of some of them were saying "I'm You know, M A M O O R O O R I K A. You know, uh Al Morocco. Commonly known today as America. And I wanna to try to get this understanding to a lot of our listeners out here tonight. You know, I don't have a uh key machine I can punch Uh, punch people in, Uh, I'm still working on that, but I'm going to have comments, you know, on the show, right, for people to give me their comments, you know, so let me move along here. As you can see, like certain um, things in the Americas. um, Let's start right here. Uh, Says here, uh, the green hail with a question mark. Okay, start here at the top here. Before he lost respectability in the scientific community, the later Ivan. T. Sanderson was not only a leading academic and field zoologist with numerous discoveries of importance to his credit, he was also a best-selling popular author and leader of two major scientific and animal collecting trips to the tropics. Now, I, want, uh, I want to mind, mind the people, uh, the name is Ivan, Ivan T. Sanderson, not Ivan Van Sertima. I'm not talking about him. This is a different person. His name is Ivan T. Sanderson. So I want to get that correct so anyone won't get confused. All right. He was in Africa in 1933 and 34 and in South America in 1938 and he lives deep in the interior on both occasions. One of the Sanderson's accomplishments was more or less the invention of science of uh to zoology uh, i'm sorry pronounce this word uh, of zoology or the distri- distribu- distributions of plants and animals in relation to each other and to climatic factors as late as nineteen sixty eight there was not an English language textbook on this subject, and the only guide to it was the notes and information rep- uh, presentations of Sanderson's himself. These papers have been read by very few people, even specialists, who should be interested because by the time Sanderson got around to putting his thoughts down, he had already begun his long slide into academic limbo. He had become somewhat bitter as a result, uh, and his writing had become a bit too disrespectful and informal to be digested, digested easily. By knowledge establishment, I mean by the uh, the knowledge establishment. How was it that someone with Sanderson's credentials managed to be labeled a crackpot? The answer is that in years of training and more years of firsthand observation, Sanderson had come to the conclusion that much people and and expert knowledge, especially in the Western world, was often an inadequate and limited perception of reality and some times pure myth. One minor myth that inspired modest thoughts of Sanderson's indignation was the popular myth of the jungle. Jungle was originally a Persian word applied to low and scrubbling on hillsides. They impeded the passions of men and horses the British took over the word and applied it incorrectly to the tall equatorial forests of the tropics. The thinking must have been that since these forests were sufficiently different from their own, they wanted a foreign name. So other words, jungle is a, uh, another social artificial construct. Hmm. Okay. There are true jungles all over the world. Probably one of the the densest is on the mountain slopes of the northwest coast of North America. But one place where the jungles are conspicuously absent happens to be in all the tall forests of greater tropical rivers, like the Amazon and the Congo. Nor is the much jungle in the Forbidden the forested regions of West Africa. Even in these forested places, the primary tree growth is also tall and so thickly foliage that even sunlight has a difficult time penetrating under such conditions. Then there can be little small plant growth at ground level. The great trees form galleries with their trunks as gray columns. But as the ground level presses, is often quite easy. It is where these 400 peters out into the uplands that one encounters jungle. Hmm. So that's where the word jungle comes from. It's an artificial construct. this is part of the history of uh <clears> our <throat> cultural background historical background of our people in the americas <clears throat> the uh, that we all need to know about you know cause a lot of people people don't know um You take, for instance, uh, I always talk about the Washita Empire, the history of the Ouachita, uh Tribal Nation Empire. And here's the question, and this little pamphlet here is, what is the question is, what is the origin of the Washita? Okay, I'll read this off to you here. <clears throat> See, they have a picture here called the Anzago the Americas were joined together or joined to the continent of Africa. The African-American continent was once joined together as called the land of Pangaea or Pangaea until the Great Drift or Split. Okay, I'm going to read this here. The Washington Moors have always been here. The great created, the great spirit created us in this land, Moo. Spell in parentheses M-U-U, granting us divine rights and protection in spite of a history that says the original inhabitants were decimated by the diseases imported from Europe. We are still here in spite of America's legalized institution of genocide against the native peoples and the American Holocaust of chattel slavery imposed on so-called blacks. The Ancient Ones has preserved, or has persevered, in our oral history, Mu, M-U-U, or in parentheses M-U, is the indigenous name of all the lands of the world, including present-day North America. We are Washita Moors of the Imperial Washita Nation. The indigenous people of the North and South America are not Indians. Yet our ancient relatives on the subcontinent of India also learned the most sacred name of the land is Moo. Moo is the name taught to all the nations by the Creator. All over the world, the cattle speak the same name, Moo, or or M-O-O, Moo, by the yaks, bison, oxen, water, buffaloes, or longhorn steers. We are in a land called Moo. We are moors the M U U then the U R S was added, the U R the R was added to it. We are Moors. We were here long before Africanus and Amerigo. With African News I I want to uh uh explain on uh this Leo Leo Africanus or Sipio News, that was a title that wasn't actually their names. And as far as Amerigo Vespucci, that was not his name. His name was Alberto Vespucci, not Amerigo. How could they possibly name us?
0: We are indigenous.
1: We are a part of the ground. We are the sun people. We are the ancient ones. The international law, which is merely natural law, applied to nations respects the sovereign territorial rights of people based on immemorial occupation and possession of their native lands The these who tried to conquer our lands had to create a false his story meaning his h-i-s dash story that supported the notion that there were no indigenous inhabitants of this land to acknowledge the presence of the ancient mound or pyramid building societies were forever prevent the invaders from claiming these lands as if occupied by savages. The cultural arrogance, imperialistic greed, and bloody hands of the invaders would not allow for the truth in their accounts of his story. This is the part of the story of our indigenous history. Some people say, uh, I was watching some on YouTube, they say that uh, you can know it, you know, you can know a lot of things, you know, the thing is, you have to prove it, and it says here, how can you prove it, the term ancient ones can be taken literally, the Washington have a history of longevity, and common life spans were over 100 years Charlie Grant. Walkers reportedly reached the age of 150 years. This this sustained a perpetual oral history that was passed down firsthand through the generations witnessed the testimony of Susan Garrison Hill, the daughter of the late Reverend R.C. Garrison, herself reported to be over 114 years old. Coupled with this with nearly 30 years of research by the empress directed by her grandmother and we find an unquestionable calculation of facts that will revolutionize the teaching of history forever The Return of the Ancient Ones contains authentic copies of the treaties, maps, conventions Supreme Court cases and other legal documents that will silence the staunch skeptics Some of the longest cases in the early history of U.S. courts involved the heirs of Henry Turner, which is Henry Turner Turner is Tunica, in the Aboriginal Indigenous uh, sense. The Turner is the English trans is the English word of Tunica. I want y'all to understand that. That's where the term or the name Tunica comes from. It comes from the word Tunica. It's was an ancient word, which means the people. Okay, will read this again. Some of the longest cases in the in the early history of U.S. courts involved the heirs of Henry Turner in the United States. A thorough review of these cases would verify the legitimacy of the Spanish land grants and the rightful claims of the turnica or tunica heirs. The fact that this area was intentionally set up as a separate entity from the United States, and never to be settled by Americans, or what you can say, so-called Americans, or by Europeans. Because again, 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 I say we are the Americans, not them. And when you tell, when you when you say that when you call Europeans the Americans you just uh gave up your birthright. You just helped them spit steal your birthright from you. So don't keep calling them Americans. Even uh some of them would say, I'm Irish American, I'm Italian American, I'm uh Polish and Polish American, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well I let them go ahead uh, and say that because that actually means when they say that that actually means that they're uh, say for instance when they say they're I- Irish Americans they're saying that they are people of the descendants of Af- of Irish immigrants that came to America. That's what they are saying. So they're not. They're really. They they are not. They're not really saying they are really Americans. They are millions out of their own mouths that they are not Americans. Italian-Americans. Also, you are descendants of Italian immigrants that came from Italy. As foreigners, or pilgrims, or make that pilgrimage, or pilgrims. Look at the word pilgrim in any dictionary, and you find out what pilgrim means. It means foreigner. I explained that in other uh, First World Order blog talk shows. So I'm explaining this again. Or well, there may be that some people that are listening to the show tonight may not have got this information. Maybe their first time listening to the show. All right. All right. Let me move along here. It's an, it's an explicit condition of the Meson Rouge land grants. U.S. congressional records from the early, let me turn the page here, from the early 1800s confirmed that the validity of the mason Rouge land grants, after several years of litigation, the U.S. attempted to have the matter heard in the U.S. Supreme Court on June 19th.
0: You hear what I said? On June 19,
1: 1848, the Tunica heirs won the court case that affirmed them as the lawful owners. With good title, securing the land rights of the empire nation forever, the United States Supreme Court could derive no jurisdiction in the matters of foreign agreements. Only the laws of Spain could hold jurisdiction over contracts originated and constructed by its sovereign government. The U.S. desperately tried to coerce the Tumica heirs into relinquishing their claims, which they declined to do. See, I'm saying, let you know, (coughs) these are actually, you can find these documents in the Library of Congress. You know, I heard one brother on YouTube saying, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but he's very popular, brother. Uh, and he's pretty good, pretty sharp and a lot of his esoteric uh, uh, works and history and religion and science and all that you know, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, he was talking about uh, uh, there's no uh, people that claiming that they're a part of a tribe or not a nation because they don't have a standing army, but I'm here to tell you today that the United Washington, Dita Damondia, do not have a stunning army, but I'm here to tell you today also that, uh, that we still are recognized as a standing sovereign nation by 144 nations around the world and by the United Nations. We are recognized as a nation. Our United Nations project number is 215-9-3. Other project numbers of different. Other, uh, like the Amasi or the Kt1 Nation, I do not know, but they have one, and they are recognized by other nations, 144 nations around the world, also as nations. You know, I heard uh, heard that a brother Jonah Bay, uh, he was mentioned that all moors really, really they are getting nationalized or that has been nationalized. That has been uh, have nationalization papers affidavits and so on and had their papers uh, certain <clears throat> had a, a few of the uh, certain papers notarized and went to the county record county record records and deeds of vital statistics and had it filed there for the public record that this is who you are and you letting the public at large know that this that you are a Moore, and that what tribal nation we are part of in these lands, whether it be here, um, whether it be here in North America, Central America, South America, in the Enjoling Islands, Australia, New Zealand, or Africa, because we are all Aboriginal Indigenous people, even in the Solomon Islands, uh, New Guinea, uh, uh, and so on. You know. Uh, Samoa, uh, 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 Samoa, more, 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 which is another word for more. Hawaiian Islands, like the Maui uh, uh, Island of Hawaii, that's another ancient name for more. Okay, because you want want to be part of a nation, you know they're still considered, even though we don't have standing armies, navies our air forces, and so on. We are still considered nations, and we are so recognized as such. Okay. Some officials in the government did not stop there. After suffer- after suffering staggering defeats in their own judicial system, they dispatched agents to exterminate the Tunica heirs. The period following the court cases saw a campaign of terrorist activity and organized calamities that included wholesale murders, poisoning of the ground waters, and sacking of the Washita properties. New laws were hurriedly passed enticing uh, so-called Americans, the call themselves Europeans, to slaughter the ancient inhabitants and take their lands. Eventually, once it was thought of all- Thought all the Ouachita tunicas have been killed. The Supreme Court tried to encourage the lower courts to reverse their rulings in favor of the tunica heirs, but it was not possible. The idea of sovereign lands owned by those dark skinned indigenous women mixed in with French royalists, ergo, Creoles, Cajuns infuriated the psychopathic, racist, and sexist supremacists in America. Fortunately, the Turner or Tunica women and children were able to escape the genocidal campaigns by hiding in the bayous near the mounds. This proves to us that man cannot alter the desires of the Creator. God is the best of planners, and that is so true. June 19, 1848 is the true beginning of the first June 19th celebration. I'm going to repeat again. June 19th, 1848 is the true beginning of the first June 19th celebrations. I'm saying this for you Moors that are conscious enough to know what the, June, the Juneteenth celebration every year that we celebrate, what it really is. Okay? The day on the Tunica, Washita, or the Turner Washingtons. That's where the word Washington comes from, Washita. You hear Washington, D.C., Washington State, George Washington, Denzel Washington, Kerry Washington, and so on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Actually, their names, uh, their aboriginal name is Washita. Denzel Washington name is Denzel Washita. Kerry Washington name is, is carry Washita. <clears throat> That's where the word Washington comes from. Okay? You had, I'm going to repeat this again. This is the day when the Turners, uh, Washington's, Stars, Reeds, Bays, Ailes, and all other Washita families gather to celebrate the return of the land. Now I'm going to stop right here. Uh, you hear people talking about certain laws, uh They're well-known. Uh, scholastic Moors, sisters and brothers you know' they're, uh, they're talking about that you, know, you shouldn't deal with any tribal nation, you shouldn't claim any tribes or anything like that, but you are part of a tribe, whether you know it or not know it or not, or like it or not or accept it or not. You are part of a tribe. you just cannot say to hell with your four mothers and four fathers you know uh because somebody say say so. If I'm if I if 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 my foreparents or if my ancestors were Washita Choctaw or the Washita Choctaw tribal nations, so am I. Because I cannot be anything else what my foremothers and forefathers was not. I cannot be anything different than what they were not. If that's what they were, then so am I. Just like you have the European immigrants here, or the European colonists. They are still colonists. They call themselves Italian Americans, Irish Americans, German Americans. Well, they are still Germans. They are still Italians. They are still Irish because they cannot be anything else than what their foremothers and forefathers were not. Period. Nothing biased against them, nothing prejudicial against them, not at all. Just truth, uh, uh, this is just truth talking, that's all. Truth says here the ancient ones are the legal owners and the title holders of the land, founded on immemorial occupation and uninterrupted possession. The royal families of Europe united with the noble imperial families of the Washita in an endeavor to secure a neutral peace enclave in this part of the world. Says here, MU, M-U-U. In the treaties, grants, and conventions between the colonial powers, there are repeated references to the presence of the ancient inhabitants and the protection of the people's rights. Property, land, religion, and autonomy. In addition, Louisiana land records we affirm that, that affirmed the fact that this land was never ceded to the United States and was never a part of the state of Louisiana. The United Nations declared 1993 as the International Year of World Indigenous Peoples. At that time, the Washita Nation was registered under the number 215 and placed in consideration to receive voluntary, voluntary Development funds, the the activities from that year had head to the establishment of International Decade of the World's Indigenous People, 1995 to 2004. In July and August and of 1996, the empress led an emissary to the summer conference at the United Nations office at Geneva, Switzerland. During the 14th session of the United Nations Working Group on Indigenous Populations, the Washita de Diamandia was recorded as the oldest indigenous people on earth and final list of all attendees. I hope everybody got that. I hope everybody got it. Okay, this is why I say a lot of us must get nationalized nationalized is the order of the day you know and you uh uh you know uh know how to uh to uh file your papers as well you know you want to know how to file your papers and uh which papers to get notarized and wish papers that you don't have to get notarized because you don't have to get all your nationality papers notarized. You can just take all, you know, uh, just a few papers. Uh, I'll be right back. I'm going to get my nationality papers, and I'm going to tell you how to do that. Hold on for a minute. Just be patient with me, Okay. Hey, I'm back. It didn't take long. I'm going to kind of share with you what to do when you take your nationality papers and to get, you know, notarized. You know, how to get them notarized. Certain papers you have court documents on. Here, an affidavit. You have a paper affidavit, uh, declaration of citizenship. Note, it says here, know all men and women by these presents that I, Fahim, Takamsha Tunica, within El Bay, being first duly affirm and oath dispose and say, I am Fahim Takomsha Tunica within El Bay. Correctly spell non combatant, non military, non corporate, commercial explicitly, distinguished from Robert Riley Herring, which is my straw man name or trade name, and all caps into all derivatives and uh, derivations, a fictitious artificial corporate entity, juice postalemony, all rights restored and reserved, says here. My strong man name, Robert Raleigh Herring, has been claimed and leaned in favor of free national name. Uh, my name is now Fahim Takamshatunika Richard L. Bay. This is the paper's one out the fifth name, Richard L. Now Fahim Richard L., now Fahim Takamshatunika Richard L. Bay. Okay, this is my name. I carry This is my private name. I carry for myself today. Okay, this is my private name. Okay, let me go on here. The national name of the owner, otherwise represented, secure party, living principal holder, in due course of the debtor and legis I, I mean, I, I'm gonna say, Bahim Takamshatunako, Richmond L Bay is the trustee and the third party intervener. The U.S. corporate court systems are under the Uniform Commercial Code at federal level, and the state commercial code at state level, thus making the U.S. corporation the holder and due course. Therefore, the party is free from all all claims, all defenses, by all parties, and the debtor, meaning fail to state a claim upon which relief may be granted. All claims made against me, both civil and criminal, are instituted in the straw man's training, uh, the straw man's trade name, which is held in custody by the state uh, register. According to the Black Law Dictionary of Bridge, 6th edition, dummy, adjective, sham, make believe, pretend, imitation, or straw man. This is what they tell you, you know, in your uh, affidavit declaration of citizenship. You get certain papers, I'm gonna tell you what papers to get. Um also this affidavit is also a court document that I just read to you. It is a court document. It's all file in the courts. So it is law. I have law behind it. Okay. And when you have uh, get your papers notarized by the, uh, <clears throat> notary, you have a book, uh, you have, a, I mean, I'm sorry, you have the, uh, the, uh, the page here, it says, authentication, uh, in appropriate persona, so that means, and my own proper person, or my own right, and one's own proper person, and one's own right, that's what that means, and you sign your name here, and a notary will sign the name, and put this, uh, a uh, stamp it with a stamp of approval of the state right. you you domicile in. You have to get notarized. Not all of your papers. Just certain papers. Just want to tell you that so you won't call yourself trying to notarize all your papers, and which is not necessary. But when you go to get your uh, papers. On on on, 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 Take them to the county recorder of records and deeds, and vital statistics. Then you take all your papers there to be on the public record. All of them. That's first. What you do. It says there, uh, perjury jurat. You sign there. That's for the notary. Any, uh, any paper that says perjury Girat. It has your signature and about two other people's signature on them. That's where you have the notary uh, stamp the papers and sign their name on it. It says here for notary public. I have St. Louis County. Okay, in your state, you have whatever county you go to to have those papers done. This is what you do. I'm just showing you just a few of my papers, you know, giving you an idea of what you need to do, you know, because some people don't have directions or a person there that can direct them how to publish uh, or how to file or put on record their uh, nationalization papers. You know. Then you have the baptismal record with the seal. You put your red thumbprint on there and put your name or your picture on the paper, and it has the court it has this, the uh, the seal of the court. On the records of the court, it's on file at the courts. You know, so it's legitimate, it's lawful, it's legal and lawful. You show them that you've done this lawfully. Like I say, these are certain papers you show. Like when you get you get your uh perjury uh perjury uh rat. Those names, those those words right there, those you uh have the uh notary to notarize them. Again, when you go and get them file at the counter recorder records and deeds and vital statistics, all your papers there to be filed there. And Then you take it. Uh, then after a week or so, they send your papers back. If they haven't, uh, uh, uh what you say, rejected your papers or denied your papers, or anything like that, in thirty days, that means all them papers stands at law. They are lawful. And you can, now you can go to the uh circuit court or the uh, court clerk office. And some states don't have common law. So maybe you have to send your papers back to whoever who nationalizes you. Maybe the state that they double file in have a common law jurisdiction. Then get your papers filed on, 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 on or no, get your papers on file in courts there, because it doesn't make any difference what court you file your nationality papers at. Doesn't make no difference whether it's, whether you stay in Alabama. And you get it filed in in a court that's in New York, it doesn't make any difference. A court order is a court order. It's valid and it's lawful all over the country. I don't care if you had it done in Florida, you had it done in Georgia, and you live in the St. Louis, Missouri Republic like I do. They're still legit. They're still lawful. <clears throat> and don't let anyone tell you anything else because a court order is a court order, period. These you have to do before you go into anything else, and you must definitely understand and study your nationality papers. Study them. Study the words uh, like um, autonomy. Autonomy means have the right to be self to self rule yourself you know things like that indigenous meaning inhabitant or native to the land that means natural people of the land like a natural plant or or anything that's natural to the land including yourself that's an indigenous uh uh man or woman or child the aborigine or aboriginal ab Aborigine is the word where aboriginal comes from. I me myself I consider myself an American Aborigine indigenous autosh American. All that really equals more meaning uh a meaning attached to the land. That's what more means. land-connected people Asiatic Asiatic main body of people <coughs> okay now I'm gonna read some here it says here in a book by Tosh Tariq Bay it says here Boers and Mexicans and other Boers Mexicans and other the Almoroc, North, South, and Central Mor- al Morocco, South Al, al- Moroccan indigenous or indigenous, okay. Moors and Mexicans. These anthropological anthropologic truths absolutely involve the entire North American continent, including Central America, South America, and the Americana, meaning the Andean Islands. All of these lands and the aboriginal and indigenous natural peoples of the Western Hemisphere collectively are direct direct and mixed descendants of the ancient Moabites, Moors, the ancient ones. The prime social and political issues about alien and illegal immigration in North America is applicable to all the South Al-Moroccan indigenous or indigenous. And or indigenous and, are, and I'm not indigenous. I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> indigenous means poor or wanting people. Indigenous and indigenous are two different meanings and two different words. I know there were people that's trying to confuse the people by saying indigenous, meaning indigenous, but it does not. It does not. And I don't care who, care who care to try to tell you anything different. The contrary. Tell them I said, no, the fuck it doesn't. Tell them I said it. And my phone number is 314 644 4425 if they want to talk to me about it. 314 644 4425. All right. Okay, it says here the prime social and political issue about alien and illegal immigration in North America is applicable to all the South Al-Moroccan indigenous and natural peoples, and so the title of the present writing is called Moors, Mexicans and South Al-Moroccan indigenous. The truth about the Far East, the rulers and scholars of the world know, and we, the aboriginal indigenous Moors, know the European colonial Periginists, inquisitionists have established the, their Roman order in the extreme West Maghrib, the Extreme West, Maghrib Al Aqsa. The Maghrib Al Aqsa, the Morocco the extreme West that is here what we what they call commonly call America today. The motive and mission of the Inquisition is was and is to gain control and to corrupt the seas, uh, the, seas, the seals of power. And Northwest of North America, by way of usurpation, we, the true indigenous of the land and others of these conquered, civilized world, are unaware of the his, historical facts and know that the present social and economic human sufferings in the West has origins from the negating effects of Niceno-Colonialism. It has been the misuse and the abuse of the assert political and economic power that has and does brings injury to the natural peoples of the true Far East, which is now geographically referred to as the West. It must be noted that this was a political act and not a mathematical calculation determined by true astrology and astronomy the Northgate Territory, North America, and its natural peoples were, are, and is the main political conquest target for the Niceno constantino The geographical location was anciently referred to as the Fountain of Youth. The Far East, however, the truth of geography and the history is not taught in the public schools, nor in any of the public institutions held under Demo-European control. The ancient truth of the real Far East is that it is located in the zodiacal sign Virgo, which reaches its highest degree in the deep waters of Boston Harbor and off the western coast of Florida, the land of flowers, northwest of Mexico, North America. See, he's dealing with cosmology and the location of Northwestern of Mexico, which is America, and the uh, the apparent, uh, zodiac sign or constellation stars of Virgo. That are your zodiac, uh, different zodiac constellation stars, the twelve constellation stars, and you can see what uh, has been said here. All of this are both synonymous. All of these are related, and you must study this. For you to be a more, to you to, uh, you must know what tribal land, what tribal uh, nation you belong to, and you are a part of, of the a tribal uh, nation of the land you are a part of in these, and uh, this part of North America, you must know this. You must have knowledge of this. You must have the science of this, and you must have know the science the cosmological science of it. For you to grow as a nation, you must know how the nation works. You must know how the Western hemisphere works. You must know uh the order of the planets. The sun, moon and stars. You must have knowledge of the universe you must have knowledge of it. That's what those of you in the Nation of Islam, sisters and brothers, that's what they give you, your actual facts and your student enrollments. Uh, how many miles in the Pacific Ocean, how many miles uh, does uh, water of uh, the Atlantic Ocean holds? You know, Things like things of that nature, and one of these, if I'm doing the uh, next blog talk show, I'm gonna bring out my book and show you what I'm talking about, because this is all that is Moorish science, the actual facts and the student of Romans is Moorish science. It's Moorish science. And any of you in the Nation of Islam has something to say about it. I say again, my phone number is three one four six four four. Four four two five three one four six four 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 two five. 314 644 4425 Give me a call if you have any disagreements about that. Mm-hmm. Comboa means connected to the land. You are boars as well as I am. And you are a boar by birthright. You don't have to join a more science temple to be a more. I know I know you hear uh, different uh, sisters and brothers talking that nonsense. And that's what it is, utter nonsense. You are more by birthright, by birth. You don't have to join no temple. That is a lie, a blatant lie. Okay? The ancient truth of the real far east that it is located in the Zodiac San Virgo, which reaches its highest degree in the deep waters of Boston Harbor and off the western coast of Florida, the land of flowers, northwest of Mexico, North America. The climax of the Zodiac sign Virgo is 180 degrees east, longitude, which is geographically the far east, as scientifically possible. The demo European man is 180 degrees meridian. The international dateline is politically motivated geograph- geography as drawn by them in 1884. The true and natural people of the Far East, the dark-skinned, thick-lipped, kinky-haired Moors now with ignorance agreeing to calling themselves Negroes, held by progenitor's uh responsibility, the burden of returning to truth and to civilization. They will have to re educate the masses of human humanity back into their true history and natural law, zodiac culture. The pale skinned paleolithic Franciscan nation of people have distinguishedly miseducated the world inquisition and changed the courts of human even with their The Europeans, after burning books on a massive scale, they have successfully twisted and distorted true history, juggled and changed the maps, Mapamundi, or the world map, and have altered the the names and the locations of nations. Global geography was modified to such a degree as to send the civilized world into a complete state of utter confusion. If the Demo Confuci- if the Demo Europeans had not achieved this worldwide destructive feat it would have been impossible for the Niceno Inquisitionist European colonists to rise to dominance and rule the world for their first time in history. The Niceno Demo Europeans attacked the North Continent <clears throat> Force Servitude. Land theft, William Lynch philosophy, and the Christian Black Codes of 1724. They attacked the South continent with the Church commissioning the Conquistadors, achieving forced servitude and their land theft. They are major undertakings which culminated with the uh, uh, culminated with the natural peoples of the Far East being called the West and following under falling under the rule of the Niceno-Demo-Europeans. This history, amongst other events, must be known in order for the common natural peoples to understand the anti-social motives, actions, and policies, which continues to emanate from the Europeans and established people-government orders in in the lands, Americas, which are not their own. See, a lot of people... uh, I don't know, sometimes it's saying to a lot of morals, uh what I can say, conscious Moors, mores that are conscious of who they are, and it's saying that they're reaching our people. It don't seem like we really making a dent into uh, our people as far as nationality and understanding and recognizing themselves who they are. That's one of the big reasons because you have a lot of people out here that's confusing our people and make it just hard, very hard for us to reach our people like we should. You have people like a different so called black organizations, like the Black Panthers uh, and all other groups, you know, the Pan Africanists, you know. Uh, my thing on that is if you want to be a Pan Africanist, you need to be a Pan Americanist. But that's what you are. You're an American. You are an Al-Moroccan. You know, uh, if you don't have any direct lineage in Africa or any other countries in Africa, then you are not an African. And the thing about being indigenous, being part of an indigenous nation tribe, you know, you ought to belong uh claim one Claim a national, a tribal nation. I mean, being a more than say, I am a more in America. That's fine. That's fine. That's okay. Nothing wrong wrong with that. But you need to go further than that. Just like when an Af when an African from Kenya, Uganda, or Guinea, or et cetera, et cetera, or any other African nations come over here, they they very rarely they say they are African. They always say they are Ugandan uh from, Ga- from Ghana or, or Kenya, whatever, and then they'll tell you what nation tribe they belong to and they'll tell you what uh the name of that language that they speak of that tribe part of the land their tribe preside over you know that's what we should be able to do. Same thing on Australia and New Zealand. That's what we should, we should all should be able to do. You know, we should be able to go farther than that. And like I said, just tell them you are more. Okay, they can see that you are more, and they see that you recognize yourself as a more. They say you recognize what what or what, what tribe do you belong to? I don't like using the term tribe. I like using the word nation. I use the word what nation you belong to. That's what the other, what they're going to ask you. You know, because they will tell you what nation they belong to, whether it's in Uganda, Kenya, or Guinea, whatever, or Zaire, you know, or Botswana, you know. Whether from the Zulu nation, Bantu nation or whatnot, you know, they'll tell you. And they can speak the language of that nation or that tribal nation. And that's what we should be able to do. You know, this is what uh, um um That's what we we'll should be able to do, you know, uh we as a people, you know, we all are all of different tribal nations. Well, like I say again, I say it again, I say it again, whether you want to believe it or not, whether you want to accept it or not. You know, a lot of you wanna argue that fact, you know. don't deal with tribes, don't deal with nations, but uh but these nations tribes are who you are. You can't deny your ancestors. You can't deny your foremothers and forefathers that you are part of them. What they were, you are today. And that's not not disputable. You can dispute it, but it's non-disputable. You can try to dispute it all you want, all day long. You will lose I just had to put that out there, and and, and I hope it, it it should make sense to both of the audience and that uh that I'm speaking to tonight. Or you can call. You have more questions? You can call 910-364-9099. 910-364-9099. That's Doctor Arlene's number. You know, even try to talk to them. So, you know, keep all this bear in mind, you know. And uh you no, know, it 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 you know, just just you know, think about it real hard. Who you are, like your Puerto Ricans, you're Borinquens, not Puerto Ricans. Same thing, you know. Uh, <clears> the <throat> Puerto Rican means rich port. and you got a lot of Borinquens know that, that they are not Puerto Ricans. They know they're not, and they're Moors too. Some are amalgamated Moors as some people want to call them. Go to show you all the confusion. you got people in the so-called Puerto Rican community uh, that dislikes uh, just because their skin complexion is lighter than the other ones. They're even a prejudice against them. And it goes to show you that the Willie Lynch syndrome has done a masterful job on our people, a masterful job. Where well, we they have us hating ourselves? I don't want to date this man because he's too light or too so-called light. I don't want to date this woman because she's too so-called light. I don't want to date this woman because she's too dark. I don't want to date this man, but he's too dark. Oh no, he's too black. Oh, she's too black. See How the Wunderland syndrome? That's made us into a very, very, very fucked up people. Very, very, very fucked up indeed. We need to wake up, people. We need to wake up. Wake up. We're in the 21st century. And I said it before in other blog talk shows, First World Order, that the hour is late. And the sand in the hourglass is getting real, real, real low. Almost, uh, almost to to the uh, to the place of, uh, where the sand is running out of the hourglass, but the sand is still there. Therefore, the hour is not too late. A lot of us, if we don't hurry up and get nationalized, everybody worrying about these UCCs, the UCC non non UCC filings these authenticates of these birth certificates, the executrix and executive letters, they're looking up for all these remedies. They're looking for remedies, you know, instead of looking for their nationality. You know, if you need to get nationalized, you need to have a nationhood. Because if you don't, you're going to be out there. You hear me, and hear many other Moors. that say it's on different shows and DVDs, and whatever nationality is the order order of the day. It is. You must get nationalized. You can call nine one zero three six four nine zero nine 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 one zero three six four nine zero nine nine. Tell them you want to be nationalized. You can call. You can call. I can direct you how to get nationalized. Either one of these two numbers. This is the number one, number one, number one thing that you need to do first before anything else. Like the prophet said, if you don't do anything else, get nationalized. Okay, it says there, Durinquin is the proper name of one of the major islands of the ancient Arawak tribe, but was renamed Puerto Rico by the bloodthirsty Christian invaders, invaders under the leadership of the blue blood singer Azul of Juan Ponce de Leon. Blue blood refers to the blue color of the veins showing through the European's albus complexion skin. So anyone anyone, you want to know where blue blood comes from, that's where it came from. I'm going to read this over again. Read this over again. It says that the term blue blood refers to the blue color of the veins showing through the European's complexion skin. That's where the term bluebird comes from. So, a lot of us need to know that. So, don't have long. Like I say, I hope um, all I want to do is share what little bit I know. I don't mean to insult anyone; only I wish to educate because what I have for myself, I want for my sisters and brothers. You know, we must uh, whatever we know we must educate each other and educate our children and their children's children and their children's children's children. But when we do raise a nation, we want our nation to be to raise our nation successfully. And not and never, never, never to fall again. And I say to you now, Hey Harate Washita East. Isla Fahula Nas Isla Fahula Nasu how is your spirit today, brother? Or I can say, Islam Ma'ata. How is your spirit today, sister? I want all y'all to be in good g- spirits. All right? Peace. I'm out, family.